move on to the, the higher end stuff with Starship, obviously, because that thing is massive. Things bigger than a Saturn V. So yeah, it's massive. It, it's uh, it's it that when that day does come, I, I hope that we're both down there Absolutely. doing a podcast on top of the vehicle assembly building. Welcome back to Eclipse on Tap, the podcast where we talk about eclipses of all kinds and space in general. I'm one of the two co-hosts, Matt, and with me this evening from the Pub 39A Studios is the other co-host, David. How is it going, everybody? Welcome to Eclipse on Tap podcast. Yes, sir. We are uh, sitting here at and this fine Friday evening, actually. Um, We've been, we've actually we've done a couple we've switched it up a little bit with yeah. the with the days that we've done this but finally we're back to a Friday yeah well, that's yeah. kind of cool yeah but, it's nice yeah. to be back on the weekend it's a little easier to record yeah the work week is over yep um don't have to worry about the next day waking up early yeah and I think it it works out all in all so so this episode we have a um, a really awesome interview happening in the second half so that'll be following our break. Uh, podcast is traditionally, if you're new to us, it's traditionally set up into two halves. The first half is between 30 minutes and an hour, and the second half is, again, between 30 minutes and an hour, um, depending on the length of the interview. So if you want to hear our interview, um, that'll be coming up after the break, and we'll talk a little bit more about that as we get closer. Depends on how many beers we've had. Yes. Really. Yeah, whether usually. it's thirty minutes or an hour, if it's if it's a whole hour, that means we've had a few beers. We've had a couple. Yeah, and it's but, Friday, so you know. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, we we're trying out something new this week, uh, or the, sorry, this month, where we've got our master camera right here, and we've also got the two kind of studio monitor GoPros uh, facing each of us right here. Yeah, and so um, that's gonna GoPro, be, bro. I think that'll be pretty cool. So we're gonna give it a whirl. Um, and, and the goal is to just, I think you and I both agreed that it's going to be more of like a snippet. Uh, yeah. originally we were like, let's, let's do the whole podcast and post it to YouTube. But, um, we're just going to do snippets because yeah. the, the camera we have right now can only record about four gigabytes before it stops. So we're kind of stuck anyway. So we're just yeah. going to work with what we have and uh, move on from there. Do so, a little, uh, you know, shout out to the upcoming episode with these little, uh, shots yeah, um, yeah. It's it's gonna it's be nothing wrong with that. It'll be like it'll the be little fun. snippet from the welcome welcome episode each month, and then after about fifteen minutes or so, when it, when that camera hits four gigs, um, and at, like like you said earlier, these two GoPros, you know, the the battery isn't that great, no. so they won't last much longer well, anyway. I mean, they will be good if there's no Wi-Fi connected. Yeah, to oh, that's true. That's yep. true. But yeah, yeah. So they're not so, communicating with any of the other devices, yeah. but they'll last but, a little longer. Yeah. We're going to give it a whirl, uh, continue to improve, um, just trying out new things with the tech side of our podcast. Yep. Try to get it onto YouTube. Uh, we did a little bit of a test last month in February when we interviewed Eli Burton from uh, my Tesla adventure. We did, uh, the, the camera over here and we oh yeah there there's right the, there's the comic book right, right there here. so he is the shout uh, out to eli right here eli's the creator of that their uh comic book um illustrated by dash martin and uh he was very kind to send us uh, several copies of the adventures of starman yep so um and some cool swag too some stickers yeah. a nice photo yep and uh that was awesome that was a great great episode great interview and uh pleasure to uh, speak with him and we have an upcoming beer swap with him too, where we're yeah. gonna trade some beer. We'll send him some Two Hearted, and he's gonna send us some California beer. Yeah, we so, didn't want uh, it to freeze though. Yeah, <laughs> actually, the week that we spoke to him, it was uh, rather chilly outside. Yeah, that, I you, think that you was might say that next but, week was gonna be the the polar vortex. Yeah, the the, the storm that yeah. hit the entire Midwest with uh, okay. a massive minus cold front. minus twenty five wind chill. Yes. a couple days, so it's terrible. A little nippy, but. Uh, so we didn't we didn't want to freeze our local beer here in the yep. uh, mail. So yeah. um, we'll we'll uh, we'll swap with him. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so this month of February we are uh, sipping on a very special beer. 
um very special or i should say very special series of beers yes um this month i guess we can introduce it now the interview in the second half is with john harris who is the owner and brewmaster of ecliptic brewing in portland oregon mm-hmm. and uh, a very famous brewer uh, particularly in the pacific northwest one of the founding brewmasters of deschutes which i think many people are familiar with now that they're pretty much nationwide mm-hmm and so he is the kind of guy who um, knows what he's talking about when it comes to beer. Mm-hmm. And so uh, because his new venture is space-themed, all of his beers are completely space-themed, or at least for the most part, uh, we felt the need to reach out to him. And luckily, he was very gracious to not only interview us, but send us some beer, uh, which is about the coolest thing you could ever do. Yeah. Yep. So uh, he sent us some of his uh, flagship Ecliptic Brewing beer. So um, we're both drinking the Ecliptic Brewing Luna Kolsch style ale, yep. which is... Um, which I, I need to crack mine, yeah, actually. Yeah, so. let's, let's hear that crack. Ooh. Oh, yep. yeah. So, that sounds fantastic. We've already so, we've already sipped on a couple of them, but we're, we are currently sipping on the Luna. Yeah, the Luna yep. Kolsch style ales, they're, they're seasonal, and it is uh, coming in at 5%. It's really is a good one. Really good. Yeah, it's uh, it's light enough Very where good. it's uh, it's kind of that session style beer, but it's got a, just a really good flavor. Um, we yeah. previously had. Let me see if I can I reach like over. One. Yep. So uh, we had the Starburst IPA as well. Yeah. Uh, like we said, it's a Friday, so you know we can uh, relax a little bit and unwind. Yep. So we had the Starburst IPA. That's our flagship beer. That was really good, coming in at about seven point eight percent, kind of. And it kind of reminded me of like a hoppier version of what we're used to in Two Hearted. Yeah. But it was hoppier, I thought. So. Yeah. But it was, uh, it, like like it says on the can, more of a juicy yeah. kind of citrusy flavor yeah. with a ton of hops. Like um, a West Coast Actually, style. it says right here uh, with a, it's a tropical IPA with a galaxy's worth of hops. That's a lot of and hops. Other, other, uh, yeah, other ingredients here, uh, mosaic, uh, centennial um let's see here yeah quite a few different types of hops in this one but some of the good very ones. very good starburst ipa uh that was fantastic yeah, yeah. i i will remember that for years to come yes years. sir yeah absolutely and then we followed it up with uh, we did a little sampling you know we did a yeah. uh he he was so gracious uh he and his team at ecliptic brewing were so gracious to send us some and so we felt the need to sample all of them in order to get yeah. the best taste test uh, and then we followed it up with the Phaser Hazy IPA. So as we talked about with Eli in January's episode, Hazy IPAs are the thing. They're they're the in, it's the in crowd. Um, and so that that one came in at about six and a half percent, super juicy. Definitely had that hazy color, uh, fit right into the theme, and was fantastic. It was super easy drinking. And part of the cool thing about this is. This guy, like, he was a pleasure to talk to. Absolutely. Like, very passionate about brewing in general. I mean, you'll hear more about this down on the second half of the podcast, but the the cool the cool thing that I, I like is just just the pure can, like, the a- actual advertising on the cans and everything like that, like, the labels and all that, it's just, it's so, it, like, speaks to me. It's, it's, it's just, yeah. It's like a, yeah, like... Literally, like, there's nothing like this in Michigan or the Midwest I, is, yeah. that I know of. Nothing. If there is something out there, then I haven't seen it yet. But this is, like, unbelievable. Like, these cans, like... Just, I yeah. He's, I mean, as you can see in our little studio monitor camera, we've got the, the can. It's covered in stars. Covered the, in stars, The yeah. uh, The logo, Ecliptic Brewing, uh, features the ecliptic plane, the three planets on the same plane as the Earth. Yeah. And, and and that's just... And you can hear in the episode, or the uh, interview, in the second half, he, he goes into depth as to why he started this brewery. He was, he was a very prominent brewer at Deschutes and then at Full Sail in Oregon, uh, very well-known in the Pacific Northwest for brewing. Yeah. Um, but also happens to be an avid astronomer, which he'll get into in detail. I uh, won't give that away. But he decided to, uh, you know, pair the two together and yeah. roll they, with it. So Yeah, I would say um, they, they've got the uh, marketing strategy uh, spot on with this one. Absolutely. Um, and and you, you'll hear more about that in more depth as we go on here uh, into the second half. But yep. um, And the cool thing is, is that you can actually see what we're drinking now mm-hmm. uh as be- before we had to kind of describe it but 
Now that we got the cameras set up, we're, we're good to go. Monitors. Yeah, yeah we're good I mean, to go. They're you just see. a couple little GoPro sessions. They're yeah. nothing too crazy, but it's, it does the job, and it, it gets that good view of what we're trying to show. We're, we're getting crazy here in Pup 39A. <laughs> we are. We are getting very we, crazy. Our, our incre- the increase from what we had to what we have yeah. now, it, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, if you tune in, we talk a little bit about that in January, about how we just had that Samson Go mic. The thing was... I mean, the size, well, how, that was two or three inches, uh, it, just a tiny little microphone, little yep. tiny thing you clip onto your computer for a, a slightly better sounding web broadcast. Yeah. And that's what we used. But now we've got these amazing Audio-Technica mics, got the new foam pop filters um, instead of the, it's, oh, I just hit the mic, instead of the screen filter, I think it's, I think they look a lot cooler. They look yep. better. Oh, yeah. We, so we're, uh, I also, uh, yeah, this, this past week uh, or two weeks ago, or a week ago, I uh, ordered up these little different pop filters, so they're yeah. a little bit less in our face, but for sure, we like it. Yeah, We're it's a, it's a yeah. much more open setup. We have plenty of room on the table to do what we need to do. We can play cards while we're doing this if we want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we've got uh, we've got that to drink tonight, Freedom! and uh, yeah, we, we are <laughs> celebrating the Friday night in full. Uh, it was a long a long week work, I'll say, and and we're in the in the dog days of winter, if you can if if that's a thing. Um, it yes, is very it much is so. the beginning. The first two weeks of February are always pretty miserable here in the state of Michigan, and we're doing our best to stay afloat. You're just um, counting down the days till you get to April, and even yeah. in April, you might still have some ice. Some, yeah, about just, uh, you know five inches of snow. Yeah, too. So yeah, absolutely. But, uh, you know, this is they they call this period of time the kind of the winter blues here in the midwest but i'm sure that's the same uh the same goes for other parts of the yeah world in the country but um yeah kind of the uh this is this is sort of the peak and then we'll uh steadily go down to uh the the flowers and the the sunshine and all that kind of thing so get get into the 50s and 60s again so but um here we are here we are. Here we are. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so enjoying some of these fantastic beers. I can I cannot thank John Harris and his team enough for uh, sending us this care package. Um, it is uh, it is I mean, provided much care. It was, ju- I mean, he was gracious enough to even accept our request to talk to us, mm-hmm. um, and then to give us this. It, it's just, I mean. If if I'm gonna go to Portland, Oregon, this is the place I'm going to. This is my spot now. Oh yeah. I mean, it's uh, it just it made my day the other day when we received the package. It was the the biggest surprise uh, we I think we've had on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, and it was such a great thing. So for someone to pair together brewing and astronomy and actually be doing it in the form of a brewery, um, like John Harris's, and you'll learn more in the in the interview. And to, to send it to us who we're trying to kind of merge those two into a podcast, it's like it was the perfect match. We had a blast with him. And, um, yeah, I'm, I really want to go out to Portland now. I yeah. really do. Um, I, I, yeah. I encourage everyone to go after they listen to this interview um, and uh, and get a feel for uh, what he's all about. And, um, obviously, Hopefully, yeah, you, you're watch, you're tuning in, you're you're following us on Instagram, uh, not just our more, you know, our other outlets where it's just basically, you know, podcast uh, outlets, uh, yeah, audio, uh, out audio outlets. But hopefully, you're tuning in with more visual outlets, social media outlets, and you can actually see what we're drinking here. But um, very excited to have this guy on the podcast in the second half. Um, yeah. Pleasure to talk to him. Um, and I, I honestly, yeah, hopefully if you go out to Oregon and you're in Portland, you stop by this place. Um, and cause it, it's like a, to me, it's like I, in my head, I'm thinking that this seems, this is like Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory. Like, yeah. this is like a dream. Like I want to go to this yeah. place. I want to experience it. So yep. hopefully you can stop by there. I hope to stop by there some point. Yep. Um, but, uh, that'll yeah. be, that'll be my goal here if we, if we head out West. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and so transitioning into the, the first half of the podcast, we're going to just hit a couple news pieces, uh, from what's happening in the space world. And then we'll, we'll just kind of quickly transition into the interview because that's really the, the meat of this podcast. Meat and potatoes. Uh, absolutely. Uh, for, for this month, uh, was that interview with John Harris from Ecliptic Brewing, the owner and brewmaster, um, an absolute 
champion to, to just talk to us and send us this beer. So, but in space, not a lot happened from January to February, but there were a few things. And I think namely, if we start with SpaceX, um, they were very much ready to launch their Falcon 9 with the Dragon capsule on top. They had everything staged and set to go. That has been delayed. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was the date on that one? They're, Sometime in they're March. talking mid-March is what I actually uh, I heard that probably last week. So yeah. I think it's been delayed into... It, it was very honestly the article that I read on SpaceX website was a little bit pretty vague yeah. uh wasn't very detailed it, it just kind of said late or mid mid to late march uh right. is the delay so uh then there was a little snippet on the um future endeavors of the dragon as far mm-hmm. as taking humans so they are they are actually already have a crew picked out for that they do yeah um so there's a group there yep so they're they're actually and it's actually very interesting if you go on the SpaceX website, you can actually see the, the actual capsule, the interior of the capsule is, it, it almost, it's like Star Trek. It's it's pretty crazy. Um, just like the, the actual seats themselves and the, the dashboard and everything like that. It's very futuristic looking. And yeah. I, I, obviously that's like sort of the theme in general mm-hmm. with SpaceX. Most of the vehicles that they've sent to space uh in general but it's uh it's pretty crazy if yeah. you look at it, it if like you go through and you s- flip through the photos on that website it's it's like you're almost kind of like this this isn't real this can't be real but it, it actually will be so that gives me a lot of hope for the future as far as um you know starship and all that kind of stuff but anyway it's, absolutely it's you know definitely check it out Unfortunately, yes, the test flight was delayed, but, um, but yeah. it, it'll happen soon. Yeah. I think I think it was just a measure uh, or a matter of weather, making sure things are exactly correct for that launch. Obviously, the Falcon Nine has launched many times before, yeah. um, but this is going to be the first true test of the Dragon capsule on top, rather than a satellite or any other test that they've done before. Yeah, or just cargo or anything exactly. like that. So, so I think it's a pretty big step for them, and they want to make sure they get it right. Yeah. before they engage in a true test. Yeah. And they, and honestly, it's probably a good thing. I mean, on, you, you kind of say, unfortunately, there was de- a delay, but at the same point in time, you kind of have to think, okay, they probably caught something that was an issue or could have been an issue. Yeah, you could you could say, so, you could actually say, fortunately, there yeah, was a delay yeah, yeah, because, because so. it, it could have resulted in some sort of massive issue. Yes, there's no human lives on uh, in... in Involved, but there yeah. there is a lot of money tied up into it, and yeah. um, and the teams that are working with Dragon, they they want it to go well, so they're going to delay it as many times as they need until they have the exact right conditions, and uh, that and that's totally fine. So yeah, but with SpaceX too, they um, are looking at launching a second Falcon Heavy, which is awesome, and this time it will be an actual uh, contracted launch. Um, from an Arab sat satellite, so mm. atop the Falcon Heavy, there will be um, uh, an actual satellite that is going into space rather than just a test cargo. In in the case of the first launch, it was the um, Tesla Roadster, mm-hmm. and that will um, no longer be the case. It, it's going to be a full-blown launch, and I think it was March 7th is when the um, actual date is, the, the launch window starts. So yeah. um, so that'll be cool to see another Falcon Heavy launch. I mean, that was one of the coolest things I've seen. We is that, that, that going to be down at the Cape then? I believe so, yeah. Okay. Yep. yeah. I believe yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. and, uh, and I, I hope that they continue to launch Falcon Heavies. Um, even though with the, the Starship is on the horizon, we know that for sure. But uh, I'd love to see the Falcon Heavy continue to work its, its magic uh, with the ability to, to set the two boosters off on the side, land both of those, and then land the center booster. It's just incredible. I'd love to see it in person. Yeah. And uh, if they decide to kind of put the kibosh on the project after maybe this launch, then we won't get to see it. But yeah, I, I think um, it it really honestly it all. I mean, I think behind the scenes, and, and obviously, I have no idea what is going on behind the scenes. But to my knowledge, and just from my vantage point, they're probably honestly realistically looking at dragon as like a test to see okay 
the basic concepts that we have for Starship are going to work. Yeah. So they're they're going to test the the smaller vehicle, send it into space, see if it can hold humans, see if everything's successful, and then use that basic technology and then implement it. Obviously, they've already implemented it into Starship, mm-hmm. but at a higher level. Right. And then they'll they'll test everything from there. But uh, I think they they basically they kind of have to test it on a smaller scale, more basic scale, and then move on to the the higher end stuff with Starship. Obviously, because that thing is massive, things bigger than a Saturn V. So yeah, it's massive. It, it's uh, it's it, it that when that day does come, I, I hope that we're both down there. Absolutely. Doing a podcast on top of the vehicle assembly building. Yeah, we have actually had now two requests from previous interviewees, both Eli Burton and Brady Keniston, the uh, the space launch photographer, have both said, hey, you know what? We need to do a reunion down when the Starship launches. Let's get down to the Cape and watch a launch together. Yeah. Enjoy uh, each other's company. And maybe we could do like a, a a big gigantic round table. That would be the coolest thing, and it would be it means so much to us. I think, yeah, to get people together. I mean, that's ultimately what the goal is for the podcast: is to promote the passion of getting out and looking up, going out into the night sky, and getting um, a, a perspective of what is out there in the the world of space. And yeah. it's there's no, nothing better than someone that we've talked to before. Uh, wanting to maybe get back together uh, in person and down at a launch and enjoy that together. That'd be yeah. amazing. So yeah. So the the future is bright. Um, slight delay, but we're we're on track. And that, like we just said, the delay is a, is most likely a positive delay. Yeah. Uh, as far as they they probably caught something that was negative. Yeah. You know, something that could have caused an issue. And here we go. We're we're on our way again. But. Um, yeah, that'll be exciting because not too long ago, a year ago, a couple of weeks ago, um, it, we, basically we, we had actually seen the first Falcon Heavy launch. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that a year ago, a few we, weeks we, ago. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, it was a, a year mm-hmm. um, from the actual first Falcon Heavy launch. So, um, And we, we spoke about that. So, um, yeah, hopefully we're talking about a dragon launch with humans on it uh, in the next year or so so yeah but. yeah i think yeah it's uh it's it's definitely forthcoming and um it'll be a big step for them yep um in other space news uh, one of the things that i think made big time news even just general media was the mars opportunity rover yeah um so back um almost 15 years ago spirit and opportunity were launched to mars two rovers that did um, way more than they ever were intended to do. They were yeah. intended for 90 days on Mars. Spirit lasted around eight to nine years, and Opportunity just was officially declared kind of dead on Mars, uh, for lack of a better word. Yeah. And uh, so the, the the little rover achieved a lot, though. I mean, um, obviously you have Curiosity on Mars now too. It's a little bit more of an advanced rover. Um, can do a little bit more, but Spirit and Opportunity were the first two, and Opportunity was again supposed to be 90 days, and it has lasted almost 15 years, yeah. which is crazy. That's I love I love that they dis- they just decided to keep it going yeah. after that 90th day. It, what was it? 45 kilometers it yeah. traveled over that amount of time. So, so just you just kind of look at the what the plan was and you never know behind the scenes at nasa they might have had a a message to the public of let's uh under promise and over deliver yeah which which could have been the case but maybe not maybe it it could have been something where it was more along the lines of we really honestly think this is only going to be 90 days long yeah and let's let's see if it carries on even further than that so it could you know it could have been a scenario like that but very impressive to see like something like that happen and honestly the the demise of the whole mission i think was this past summer's yep dust storm on mars is what they were saying yeah in june the the entire planet was kind of encapsulated in a very large um planet-wide dust storm which is even visible via telescope we talked about that uh probably 
five, six months ago, when you look up at Mars, um, it's really just an orange blur at that time when you, when the, when the dust storm was in full flux. And at that time, the opportunity Rover, it's thought to be, uh, have just kind of been engulfed in dust to the point where its solar panels were covered and it can't, it can't charge its batteries any longer. And, uh, yeah. So after about, I think they said between 885 and a thousand signals were sent. So they lost, they lost contact in June and they sent 885 to a thousand estimated signals between June and now, uh, to opportunity to try to like give it, let's see if we can give it one last chance. Like maybe there's some winds that blew the dust off and it can charge itself. And they, they, they finally got a signal, um, which kind of decoded to essentially, uh, and, and kind of the nostalgic part of it and, and the sad part of it was it decoded to it's getting dark. My batteries are low. Oh, really? Yeah. And and then that was it. So so uh, there was a lot of um, kind of pop, pop culture, you know, Twitter references to opportunity, kind of the like, you know, this this rover has finally ceased to exist. And uh, in such a in such a sad fashion by putting out this message of, you know, my batteries are low, it's getting dark kind of deal. But, um, but the reality of the situation is it lasted 15 years or 14 years longer than it should have. And, uh, and it accomplished so much. 45 kilometers is a lot of territory. There's some really cool photos. We posted one on our Instagram of, uh, opportunity kind of taking a photo of the track that it left. Um, and it's cool. There's some dunes on Mars and you can see the track. And it's, yeah. a, it's a great photo as kind of a farewell photo for opportunity um, to be just sent off into the, you know, it's obviously always going to be there. It's always yeah. going to be on Mars. But but as far as its communications, yeah. it's pretty much done. There'll, there'll be a, a point in time where Matt Damon is on, <laughs> yeah. is on Mars and he is going to have to dig up the rover yep. to save himself and get off mars at some point just and like all the movie humans. Yep, yep, yep. all humans um but uh yeah it, it'll it, it you, ha- you can't honestly you can't be disappointed at all no or depressed about it i mean it, it no. is sad it, it is a little bit sad just because that thing has been that it's been with us for you know 14 years mm-hmm. it's been sending back photos phenomenal photos mm-hmm. um that humans like high def photos that no one else like no one can even really fathom unless they're really like like unless you work for nasa and you've seen hundreds of these photos some of these things that they post on twitter are unbelievable Mm -hmm. um as far as the high def photos of the soil of mars and actual you know you know some of the rock structures and rocks and all all that kind of stuff so um it's it's pretty crazy but uh i think honestly you have to kind of like close a chapter and you have to move on. And I think the next thing's going to be you have to put people on Mars. It's yeah. going to be humans on Mars. So I think yep. this is kind of hopefully um, maybe a signal that yeah. we're going to move on and we're going to we're going to up the ante and we're going to you know get some more funding into NASA, into right. Orion and all that and um, you know SpaceX and everybody else that who who who's up and coming and gonna send people to Mars eventually, and I think this is a good maybe it's we're turning the chapter. Yeah, you know for sure. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting time. It's an interesting time to um, be engaged in kind of what's happening on Mars because I think a lot of people forget. I think you know you send these two rovers out there, you send the Curiosity rover, you send other probes and stuff. You know when NASA Insight this last fall. Uh, or winter not not long ago landed and it, you know you get little spurts of news and people are interested in it but they forget that stuff's on mars you know they forget that these rovers are constantly exploring mars and in the case of opportunity it explored significantly more than it was designed to do it uh taught us as humans all about the soil of mars and about rock structures and the fact that maybe there was water on mars at one time and based on the way the rocks looked and different erosion patterns and things like that. So without this kind of stuff, there would not be even, I don't even think there would be talks of people on Mars because it it only makes sense to send out these exploration probes or these exploration rovers first. So it's a natural progression. And now that that natural progression is finally dimming down, literally, Mm -hmm. 
I think you're right. It's time to really go full force on getting humans out there. We know a lot about Mars now. NASA Insight is digging into Mars, literally down to the, you know, I think it was like six to eight feet down into Mars to generate seismic activity graphs and things like that. So really cool stuff is happening beyond belief stuff is happening on mars yeah and um it's time to to really full you know focus as a society on getting people out there yeah and it's we're capable of doing it it's just a matter of funding oh yeah we're we're more than capable of doing it um you know if we could we could get humans on the moon in the 60s oh yeah um like the technology that we're capable of is well beyond what i think even the general public even really knows yeah um and it's just it's just about you know honestly it's just about doing it just just having i I think now more than ever um there's more safety concerns obviously so back in the 60s we we were basically like okay shoot the gun let's Let's, go let's go shoot the gun again let's go all right let's all right we gotta we gotta do this. We gotta do this. We gotta do this within a certain amount of time. We gotta do this. We gotta do this. Right. So now it's a little bit more. Let's take our time. Let's make sure everything's gonna work. Yeah. Because I think we've seen in the past with failures, mm-hmm. people become disengaged and they don't want to do it. They don't want to. No one wants to provide any funding or no one wants to get involved if there's a failure. Or there's, yeah. If there's loss of life. Because they're tied to that. Then so, they're tied to that forever. They're they, yeah. they're then tied. If you're a yeah. Sorry, excuse me. If if you're in a um, a supplier for a Mars mission or a, some sort of mission that ends up failing, even just a little supplier, then you are somehow tied to that. And I think that a lot of people fear that. Yeah. Um, and well, it, and it is unfortunate. I mean, I get I get that it's a real thing. Yeah. But it's unfortunate because it's it's really there. There is of course some risk. There's always risk. Um, but that risk, the re- risk to reward ratio is huge. Yeah. The re- amount of reward is uh, life changing. Yeah. I think um, so. I don't know. It it, it and it, it is it and that that's that's the difference between the the time that we're in compared to when people actually were flying to yep. the moon and right. to, and it, so like that's just when when disaster happens or when there's a uh, an issue or um, you know things like that we've seen programs just go away. Yeah, absolutely. Like something like that happens and stuff just goes away. Um, the only time that we didn't see that happen was Apollo when Apollo One happened. Yep, and uh, they pressed and forward. They kind of used that as a, a learning experience, press forward and all that. Um, and then you you saw what good came of that. But um, I think that's just the time that we're living in now. I think it's just it's a little bit more. Uh, people are more nervous. Yeah, uh, industries are more nervous. Companies are more nervous to get involved in something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and they want to, it's a good, honestly, all in all, it's a good thing because they're testing things more diligently, more accurately, right? The technology is that much better. So when we do get to a point where we can send people to the moon again and then to Mars, it's going to be that much better because they're testing everything like baby, baby step type pattern just to get to theirs. So I think it'll be overall, it's a good thing, but it'll just take longer. So. Yeah, it's just a more spread out timeline. Yeah. Yeah, and really, you know, so that's what was happening in in space news between January and February. We had really two main things, the SpaceX stuff and the Mars Opportunity rover kind of ceasing to exist, or at least NASA declaring it official. That it was kind of, they weren't going to make any more contact with it. And and I think with that said, we'll be ready to transition into our second half here. Yeah. I think my beer is getting empty anyway, so we'll... uh, We'll transition into our second half, and um, we really hope you enjoy the interview with John Harris uh, from Ecliptic Brewing. Again, we're so gracious that he w- was able to come on and uh, speak with us via yep. Skype. We uh, Obviously, he's in Portland, Oregon. We're here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, but we made it work. Yep. We uh, did a Skype phone phone call with him. and Skyped uh, him in. Yeah, and uh, the satellite interview, it, it totally works just fine. And so he was able to call in, and we got him recorded and... Everything worked out just just right. So yeah, so thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the interview. Yeah, we hope you enjoy it, and uh, yeah, we'll see you next month. Yeah, cheers, cheers.
Welcome back from the break, everybody. We've got a very special guest joining us here on the podcast now. We've got John Harris, the owner and brewmaster of Ecliptic Brewing in Portland, Oregon. Welcome to the podcast, John. Hey there. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. How about you? Doing good. Making beer. <laughs> yeah. Making beer. It's a beautiful love thing. It. We love beer. That's uh, that's If there's one thing, that's for sure. We love beer. <laughs> we that, That's why we, we sort of mesh the, uh, the podcast with beer. Uh, and uh, we kind of wanted to create a ca- casual atmosphere, so we thought we'd feature beers every month and uh, talk about that and the eclipse. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we thought it would be a, a good good match to uh, talk to you because obviously you've done sort of the same thing uh, with as far as meshing beer with space. So right. um, I think that uh, it was only natural for us to reach out to you. So. <laughs> Um, so, so John, obviously you've had an illustrious career in the, uh, in the Oregon craft beer industry, um, with your starts in, uh, stops at Deschutes and at Full Sail and now at Ecliptic. Um, and we saw that you have a, um, an avid astronomy hobby. Um, can you expand on that a little bit? Oh yeah. Well, prior to opening this thing, um, I had lots of time to go take my telescope to dark skies and look for faint fuzzy objects but uh unfortunately that hasn't happened a whole lot in the last couple of years but i hope to rekindle that this uh next year with some more observing um that's great i mean i i have a i don't know if you're familiar with the with the astronomical society you know they have different you know pins you can get for finding the messier objects and things like that and i have a few pins from that's awesome. oh, okay these dim fuzzy thing i, remember I got the uh globular cluster um, award and it was like that was like really hard <laughs> you know? yeah I bet yeah like, are you sure that's a globular cluster or is that a galaxy you know it's like yeah. you know, at least an eraser you just passed in your field of view but it's a fun hobby it, uh, it's, it's the anti-drinking hobby because uh, alcohol blurs your night vision so it, you tend to see <laughs> amateur astronomers um, you know drinking beer at noon or at four in the morning but not really uh, an observing time. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. No, we we find it. It's probably the best thing to do when you're talking about space and you're talking about astronomy, but yeah. not necessarily the best thing to do when you're actually trying to look through a telescope. But when you're observing. Yeah. John, what kind of telescope do you have? Oh, my main scope is a Celestron nine and a quarter inch um, SCT. Sweet. Oh, okay. I'd love to have a sixteen inch. You know. But that's maybe down the road a few years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad yeah. actually got a a sixteen inch um, just about about a year ago now. Uh, but yeah, he's he's been messing with that a little bit. Uh, I have a Odyssey compact uh, ten inch. So um, so I yeah we have fun with that every once in a while, yeah. and um, we've always kind of been into astronomy um, in general. Uh, but then obviously we went to see the eclipse. And uh, that really kind of sparked our interest even more. Um, and we, I guess, wanted to take it and, and do something like this where we actually can and bring awareness to it and get people excited about it. And I just love the fact that you've kind of meshed the two with the brewery and kind of, you know, implementing a space theme to it. And I think that's kind of a cool thing because it gets people excited about it and it gets people aware of space and the whole idea behind our podcast is to get out and look up. So that's what we, we kind of preach to people. Um, so I think that's really cool that you've kind of meshed the two together and that you have a, a passion for astronomy as well. Yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, I just, you know, every, every business needs some type of, you know, theme to base your branding off of and such. So astronomy yeah. was just the one for me. I mean, I looked at, I looked at other names too, but, that's the one that kind of eventually stuck. So, uh, of course, people know how to pronounce it now, but it was pretty tough early on when Eclipse? No, no, Ecliptic. What's that? You know, <laughs> it's the path of planets traveling around the sun. It's like, oh, okay, see that line in the sky of three planets? Yeah, they're on the ecliptic plane. They're like, oh, wow, that's cool. You know, so it's kind of geeky, but it's fun, you know? Yeah, I love it. I, I respect it, too. I mean, I think it really is something that's pretty cool where if somebody who maybe isn't um, super into space... Um, maybe they're not against it by any means, but they just don't know a lot about it. And they stop by your brewery and they pick up a can of uh, one of your flagship beers and they start, you know, oh, why is this one named Karina? 
you know, they look, oh, there's a constellation named Karina, and I'm going to go try to find it in the night sky now. So it's like a, a contagious thing, I would, I would imagine. Do you, do you feel like that um, is the case from your, from your uh, patrons? Um, you know, I, I mean, early on we saw people like just Googling names on their smartphones and stuff and, and doing such. I don't know if we converted any amateur astronomers yet or not, but uh, <laughs> possibly. You never know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, maybe in the coming years. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you know, the eclipse, like you guys say, you saw it. I mean, it turned a lot of people on to something that they got a real treat. You know, I mean, everyone comes through your backyard like we did here is, um, you know, once in a lifetime kind of thing. Um, yeah. The last one I was in 79. And uh, it was cloudy. <laughs> it was in a photo. Oh, yeah. That's what it was. I saw it on That's... TV. <laughs> didn't see it. Yeah. Yeah. Not that dark outside. But this one was like, wow. I understand why people chase those things now. Eclipse chasers. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> so you, you've been in this industry of brewing uh, for about 30 years or so then. Uh, how like Like, as far as... Uh, what sparked the interest in getting into this industry in general? Then, um, like, what do you have? Did you have a background before that? Uh, before you actually got into the brewing, or how? Did, what kind of started that? The wheels turning on that. Well, back when I started, there was really no um, no small brewery education piece that you see nowadays with a lot of different people providing education. Um, and the kind of beer we were making um, was not the kind of beer that people in brewing schools, like at UC Davis or such, were getting paid, or probably not paid, getting taught how to do. So, um, and the styles we're making, like I said, were mostly based on English or German styles. So, uh, we're kind of like, um, you know, glorified home brewers to start with, and then you know, became professional brewers. And um, I myself was a, a bit aficionado. I'd kind of like uh, seen these craft breweries start and. You know, tried the beers and like, wow, this doesn't taste like you know Schlitz malt liquor at all, you know. And <laughs> so, uh, ended up, um, you know, just kind of uh, being a you know hobbyist, you know, just trying all the new beers and seeing the going and seeing the breweries and reading about beer and home brewing. And eventually, this ad just popped in the paper said, uh, "Brewer needed Hillsdale Brew Pub." And uh, and his housemate, she said, uh, "Why don't you go and apply for this job? I think it's your job." And I'm like, "Are you crazy?" You know, so I. <laughs> Applied and I got hired. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, okay, now I'm a brewer, huh?" So uh, I, uh, you know, I took to it uh, well. I mean, it's uh, brewing. Just like like uh, people like like our chef in our kitchen and I mean, cooks. I mean, what they do is amazing to get food out. And uh, either you got it or you don't. And I think brewing is a similar type profession where either you can handle the multitasking that is required to be successful as a brewer or you don't. And some people just don't have it in them to do that. And but that's why there's so many different jobs to choose from in America, you know. Yeah. 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 Exactly. exactly. It's just a it's a neat story because I we have so many in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We have so many little microbreweries around here, so I always just kind of wonder how people get started doing that. You know. Yeah. How um, do they get their foot in the door? Yeah. yeah for and sure. We have even a local community college that offers a degree in in brewing here. Yep. Um, so I just and obviously like. When you started, obviously, you mentioned it was a little bit different. There were there weren't those types of degrees um, just offered everywhere. Uh, but it's uh, it's crazy the uh, how much it's picked up over the years. Um, just the the micro brews and um, how big they're getting. Um, it, I mean, every everywhere you drive here, it's it, that's the case. And I've been to I've been to Bend, Oregon, a few different times, and that it's the same case there. And it, it's a beautiful part of the country, definitely to to do that. So. The word career, you know, the career word wasn't really used early on. Um, yeah. You know, like, no one thought we'd make it to Friday. So, um, you know, all the <laughs> brewers were like, these guys will be out of business by tomorrow. And no one wants to drink that kind of beer. And, well, you know, 30 years in, you can see now that it did have a, an impact on the, you know, on the industry where now suddenly Budweiser's, you know, buying up craft breweries left to right and yeah. making, making statements like they want to be the leader in craft and it's like well how can you be the leader in craft you're a huge brewery you know yeah discussion yeah definitely and now after your uh you know your 30 years in the industry like as you had your uh your stint at Deschutes and you moved on to Full Sail what what inspired you in 2013 to venture out and start Ecliptic Oh, um, you know, there's lots of beers I wanted to make still that um, didn't really fit into the model business plan of uh, Full Sail, not in a negative way, but just um, I wanted to get back to, uh, 
to brewing more with fruit again, which I had done very early at my first job and never worked with again for 30, you know 27 years, mm. for instance. Um, and I guess I just had finally convinced myself that I had the guts to do this. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. You know, to allow me to quit my job and not work for a year and a half. So you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a year it took almost a year just to find a building and get a lease going, and then. After we found that, then you know, seven months later, we were able to open. So, um, but it was a yeah, it was a long road, you could say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet. Did you? I mean, I I can imagine some of the challenges having been, you know, a brewmaster. Obviously, a very important role at a brewery like Deschutes or or Full Sail. But then, what what did you find was the biggest challenge? Kind of jumping into your own, where you are now the owner and the brewmaster. Biggest challenge. Yeah, all, all the things you just, if you knew you wouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like having a kid, you know. It's like you, you, know, you want to have a, ba- a baby, want a baby, want a baby, want a baby, and then you say, "Well, what's uh, what's the, you know about the fourth trimester, right?" <laughs> no, what do you mean? You know, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the fact that you, it's not going away. It's not like a dog or a cat that you can pass on. I mean, you have a kid, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. So yeah. It's a total change of life. So it's uh. And trying yeah. to five years now, trying to get back on the like I said earlier, like back out and do some astronomy again because so much stuff's been put on hold just for the business. But it is all it's all consuming for sure to have a business. I can imagine. Yeah. That's it's fantastic though. I really respect you for for taking that leap of faith and put putting together a like two passions like like David said, beer, astronomy. Let's marry them together and make a cool brewery. It's like I think David and I can both agree when we when we drink beer on this podcast, for example, we'll go out to the local store here, and we're always attracted to any sort of beer that has even a remotely space themed, just because that's what we're into, and we just find these beers. And you know, there seems like there's there's a few you know here and there, but when we, it's actually a good friend of mine. His name's Adam. He lives in Portland, and he frequents your uh, your brewery, and he's like, you got to check this guy out. Like it's not just one beer. Every beer is space themed, and we're thinking, "Oh man, it's this, a dream come true." <laughs> this is this this might be the coolest thing in the entire world. So, that's... yeah, only like I think three beers were done for different reasons, but it did, did not have a space theme. But uh, I feel it's okay to break the rule every once in a while. But for the most part, we try yeah. to find an astronomical tie, whether it be you know, you know, a big tie or a little tie. It's somehow it's a tie, you know. Yeah. Did you guys uh, do an actual, like a, a special event then for the Eclipse? Yeah, we had an Eclipse brunch here. Um, I wasn't at it because the totality was down the road, so I went south. Um, but we had a bunch of people on the our patio with Eclipse glasses, and they had a brunch and food, and we made a special beer. I think I, I think it right here is beer, this beer, Chronosphere. Oh, yeah. It uh, was uh, totally eclipsed 82117. So, uh, and uh, yeah, we sold a bunch of this. Uh, a lot more than we thought we were going to sell. It became like yeah. <laughs> we got national press too. It was like, oh wow, okay, I didn't really set out to do that, but uh, not bad, I guess. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. And what kind of beer is uh, is the the beer you're drinking? Oh, this was just a it was a Blondale. Just really like oh, okay, something you want to, I want to drink in the middle of the day. <laughs> yeah. <everybody> watch. <laughs> Yeah. Eclipse watching beer. I love yeah, it. Exactly, yeah. That might be the best thing in the entire world of it. Let's just yeah. fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Better than the Coors Light that I was, that I had yeah. during the Eclipse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we ventured down to um uh from Grand Rapids, Michigan down to Hopkinsville, Kentucky and uh saw totality there. But but like I said, my friend Adam that um that lives in Portland, he went out to Madras and got to see the first landfall and it was just such a cool a cool day and uh I love to hear that you got to see it too. Yeah, I was down towards Salem. I didn't go out. It was kind of a nightmare because the thought of going all the way to Central Oregon. It was like, uh, wow, there's a lot of people going to Central Oregon. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, the, I mean the Oregon Star Party, um, which is held every summer, which I highly encourage you to attend at some point if you want to go to a cool astronomy gathering. But uh, you know, we've been—I was a member of that committee for many years, and um, We've been looking forward, or had been looking forward to, you know, 2017 was circled, you know, back in 2000 or 1995, really. It was circled as like, okay, we only got 22 years, but in 22 years, you know, totality will come through the OSP, Oregon Star Party site, which is, uh, I didn't make it to that, but uh, friends who went said it was pretty cool that we'd be at the Star Party and suddenly have the lights go out. 
know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, in the dark for two minutes and 40 seconds. Yeah, when we were um, actually over in Kentucky, um, and so we were we were kind of just waiting patiently, but we were, we had, uh, on the internet, we were following along with uh, what was going on in uh, Oregon when it first made contact, so we were, we were geeking out. It was early in the morning for us, but we were, we were camped out and... Drinking in the middle beer. of a field, drinking <laughs> drinking beer in a in a field in Kentucky. So we were, it was it was a fun day for us too. Um, it you know definitely I think it brought a lot of people together. Um, we met a lot of the cool people that we never thought we'd meet. So yeah. that was really cool. But um, yeah, maybe if if there's another, yeah, I don't think uh, another opportunity will. We won't be able to go to Kentucky for a while for another eclipse. But right. Uh, so the next one we're we're planning on going to. Uh, Possibly Texas. Yeah, I think possibly we're thinking Texas. Texas. We're gonna head south just because the 2024 eclipse will be April. In April, so yeah. it'll be hit or miss here in the Midwest. So for weather, so we're planning on our our main goal. We were like with the weather pattern that was going through for this last eclipse, we were kind of had to make a last minute decision to cut to a different city in yeah. Kentucky just to be able to get some clear sky. So. Um, that we didn't want to, want to drive all that way and then totally miss it, but uh, yeah, yep. It's uh, the part of the eclipse chaser lifestyle. You gotta you gotta plan for the weather. <laughs> I'm kind of curious, just given that the majority of your beers are space themed. I feel like if I was in Portland, Oregon, I would love all of them. But do you you do you personally have a favorite? That's kind of just like this is my beer. This is Ecliptic Brewing. This is our our flagship, and I, I, it's just your favorite? Yeah, our flagship is a Starburst IPA, um, and, uh, you know, it's a kind of a more modern take on the IPA style, really light in color and light in body and lots of hop flavor, but not a lot of bitterness, you know? So um, that's uh, that's our most popular beer we make, and then a uh, seasonal beer we make is called Quasar Pale Ale. I like that one myself a little bit more. It's a little lower alcohol and um, some of the similar hops to Starburst, but just a nice lower alcohol version of uh, you know a pale ale. So those two beers are probably my, I guess my favorites. I don't really don't have a favorite though, because it's kind of like having kids and such. And yeah. I don't really have a favorite, but uh, I know Starburst is our most popular and uh, the one we, we, we make the most of for sure. And of course, that's yeah. after, you know, the Supernova is not named after, you know, the candy. Of course not, so. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> that's awesome. And and I, I think it's, it's great too that you feature, you know, a wide spectrum of beer, a spectrum of beers too, um, to kind of meet all the needs. I saw that uh, one of the other flagships was the Karina Peach Sour Ale, which I know at least around here in Grand Rapids, seems like a lot of breweries are very much into like the whole sour thing lately. The kettle sour is that is that beer kind of fall into that category? Yeah, um, I mean the term we've kind of developed most of our brewers is we call it hot side sour because that's what it really is. We're taking the the wort on the hot side before it's cooled down into um, fermentation temperature, souring it. Um, a lot of these did start by brewers leaving them overnight in their kettle of the sour. Um, but if you're going to make any mass product, you know, make any quantity of these, you're going to have to have a souring tank. So we have a 60 barrel souring tank that we put the the wort into for roughly a day and a half and takes it for it to sour, and then um, out it goes, and we get and then finished processing it with hops and such. Um, so, uh, but that's the same style, yeah. But I like to call it hot side. Nice, that's nice. Kind of set on because, because there's some people who look down on kettle sours. You know, it's not like, and it's just funny. It's like, well, okay, you can do it on the cold side in a really long time, and then take months for it to sour, or you can do it on the hot side and sour it, you know, in a few, 40 hours. So it's it really gets down to your take on how much time you want to have to sour it. So, yeah, and, yeah. This, and most of these are made with lactobacillus. Well, as the only souring bacteria, um, which makes them very you know, more drinkable because they, they don't pick up any of the more acetic or uh, you know vinegar slash almost vinegar-like flavors that some people like in certain beers. But uh, these these beers are really meant to be uh, you know enjoyed now and not age for a length of time. Yeah, they're not mm. the sours that are etching the enamel off your teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like I've had a couple of those around here. Yeah, where somebody might take a stab at a sour, and it's just like it's very acidic. Yeah, very very acidic. But yeah, definitely. Maybe maybe uh, somebody likes it, but that one sounds amazing though. But that does sound good. Yeah, we'll I, have to make a trip out there and uh, yeah, 
sit up at the bar and have a have a couple of beers. Yeah, I feel um, th- this this friend I've referenced a couple times now. Um, he's really my only my only friend out that way. Like most of the people I know are on the east side of the country, but he's uh, he's going to be getting married soon, and I think the wedding will be in Portland. So it might be a great <laughs> Pri- time prime, to, yeah, to prime take a time. visit. Take a visit out that way. Let me know if you're coming by. I'm more than welcome to show you around or eat a beer. For sure. That's awesome. Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. If he gets married around the start party, it'll be even better for you. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might just have to kind of slip him a little note. Yeah, hey, maybe pick this date. This yeah. date looks like it'll be good weather. Yeah. <laughs> the photographer is available on this this weekend. <laughs> just yeah. kind of coerce a little. We'll see. <laughs> the other thing I was curious to know is, you know, you talked about kind of jumping out um, from something where, where you're at full sale for a really long time and then jumping into the, kind of the unknown with the ecliptic brewing venture uh, and that being challenging in some way but being that you're the owner and the brewmaster and it's this is your your child so to speak um, what has been the most rewarding side of that oh just the reception we got I mean you know there's a lot of hoopla and fanfare that I was leaving, you know, and opening my own brewery and um, the fact that we were able to, um, with the, all the people I've helped me, you know, achieve this goal, of, you know, past staff, current staff, friends, just lo- along the way, I mean, just the fact that it's, uh, we made it to five years, it's pretty, means a lot. Um, also, the fact that uh, just our beer is being received um, really well in the areas we sell it in, and so that's, I mean, this, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great, you know, to make a consumable product that people enjoy is really what got me, you know, or kept me in this business, I guess, the fact that, you know, you know, I have a beer that people shared at the Eclipse, you know, I have a beer that people shared at weddings, and, you know, I have a beer that people shared at funerals, I mean, just, uh, you know, just the fact that you can, um, you know, in some way, hopefully, impact people's lives in a good way, and, and making consumable products is a, you know, great way to do that, and beer in general, yeah. you know, a way to bring people together, or apart. Yeah, they were drunk at divorces too. You know? yeah, <laughs> yeah, there you, yeah, that's but, true. Uh, just I think just to, you know, you, you know, like the other day I was at a concert and they had you know this Mirapong pale ale on tap from shoots. You know, and, you know, and I made that beer, you know, 1988. You know, and it's like yeah, still, it's still you still see it. <laughs> it's kind of cool, you know. I don't get royalty. Yeah. That's a bummer, but um, that would be great. But uh, <laughs> yeah. No, it's just, just to see that, you know, you know, and you have people come up to you and say things like, wow, man, thanks so much. And it means a lot, you know, the, yeah. you know so that's the real reward. Do you have, uh, I guess, what, what's the future of Ecliptic Brewing? Like, are you, are you feeling like you're going to try to expand more or are you just going to kind of keep it sort of the way it is um, and in kind of the same format? Yeah, I mean we're um we have a we have an offsite warehouse now um which we're getting moving kind of our shipping over to and stuff and um we're we'll be built out to make up to twenty four thousand barrels of beer by the end of this wow. year so um oh, wow. just about we made just under fifteen thousand so we can still call ourselves a microbrewery for one more year before we have to become a regional brewery you know so yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah once you cross fifteen thousand. Brewers Association puts you into the bigger, the bigger bucket, but uh, um, yeah, I mean we we have some room to grow here still, and uh, not really trying to take over the world. Um, <laughs> you know, just trying to you know make beers people enjoy and cook, cook some good food in our restaurant, and and uh, just kind of roll with it. Um, I don't really have aspirations to you know get to like Sierra Nevada or to shoot size or anything like that. Uh, that's yeah. just that's just much too much work. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a lot of work. Was thirty five? I might be into that, but. Yeah, towards the time of year where I want to think about like doing less. <laughs> yeah, I love the dynamic of the craft beer industry. Like out out here where where we are, you know, there's we've got Bells and Founders, like these big massive craft breweries, and then and then we've got little ones too that like David and I frequent frequent quite a bit. Um, and just that that ability to be okay, I want to I want to jump into this. Uh, maybe this weekend we'll go to Founders, and next weekend we'll go to this tiny little one that just opened down the street. It's just what what you want to do. It's whatever you want to make it, um, and I, I love that kind of pure purity, I guess, in a way, um, to some extent. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, just in Portland alone, you 
If you went to a Newbury every every one weekend day a year, it's gonna take you over two years to get to all of them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Crazy. That's without repeating. Yeah, wow. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. incredible. Yeah, within a mile of here, we have what, one, one, two, three, four, five breweries within a mile of here. Oh wow. So we have. That's around, crazy. We're on the north. We're on the North Portland, you know, beer, you know brewery crawl. You know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Portland has is I, from what I've heard is quite the hotbed for brewing. Uh, and has been for forever since since the inception of craft beer. Really, um, I'd love to. Uh, we we got to make a visit out there. For yeah, sure. yeah. Like I said, I've been to to Bend, Oregon, and yeah, I witnessed the the amount of the variety of breweries out there. But yeah, it'd be good to go to Portland. Portland, yeah, yeah. Really cool. Yeah, there's lots of. I mean, whole state full of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's like eight thousand breweries now, or something, or six thousand. I don't know. Going wow. to eight thousand, that's like. Whoa! Yeah, is that back in the you know before prohibition, late eighteen hundreds, there was a lot of I mean there was you know thousands of breweries also that just kind of slowly got you know eaten up by prohibition and never reopened. So we're actually you know the amount of breweries we have now is not the first time America's seen that many breweries before because every the old days every town had a brewery you know or most towns. Yeah. Ben did. Yeah. First brewery in Ben was Deschutes. That was the first brewery ever in in Central Oregon. Well, Bend, Oregon. Yeah. So that's kind of weird. Like there was never a brewery there until our our whole uh, it, it, just in Grand Rapids, Michigan, our whole uh, microbrewery spike didn't really start until early mid nineties, maybe for us. I think Founders is like nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. Bell's is I think Bell's is maybe on par with Deschutes as yeah. far as being a little bit older, but but yeah, it's just cool to see this like Im- immense growth across the country, um, and just bringing so much economic and just just joy i guess to people um at least for the most part like you said sometimes maybe not <laughs> yeah but um but yeah i think that's that's something that's really cool and, and to pair it with something as an avid hobby of yours like astronomy i think that's just fantastic and that's that's what kind of struck a chord with us is that we built this this podcast out of uh pure inspiration from the eclipse and wanting to take that vision we had when we were looking up at that eclipse and say, I wish I could just take this and share it with everyone I know. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of the people we do, we are close with, didn't get the, didn't get the chance to commute down to Hopkinsville, Kentucky with us. And so we said, well, what way can we spread some, something relatable, something that's, you know, there's podcasts out there that are super space themed and they're fantastic. And, and those of us that are interested in space or magazines or, that are very, in, you know, engaging, but for for just the everyday person, how mm-hmm. can how can we make this relatable? And I think that, that that's what I what I love about your project, at least from looking kind of from from afar, is is that you're pairing these two things that you love uh, together, and um, kind of making it your own. Well, yeah, I mean that was the whole idea: beer in space, you know. Yeah, <laughs> we'll leave home without it, I guess. <laughs> and I think I saw on the website the slogan is "Fill your face with space." Is that <laughs> is that right? Oh, uh, there's a portion of space in your face. Oh, pour some space in your face. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. Yeah, ours ours, ours is uh, <laughs> get out, look up, that's and then uh, also beer space podcast. Yeah, beer <laughs> space <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, w- yep. we've had such a blast with it, and we're so grateful to have you on and just get to chat with you a little bit and um, you know learn about your 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 start in the brewing world and and how you paired it with astronomy um it's just it's the coolest so thank you so much for yeah for being on here, here with us thanks for finding me <laughs> yeah, yeah of course yeah anytime and we'll hope to get out to, to portland sometime soon we need yeah, to we have definitely. to make it like a bucket list thing now definitely yeah have to make it a check that off the list um give us your address we'll send you some beer all right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'll e- email you. <laughs> That's awesome. We'll send you some six pack of cans or so. Sweet. That's fantastic. Sweet. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we're just honored to have you on, and and and, and where you know if, if somebody, let's say a listener of ours who maybe hasn't heard of Ecliptic uh, Brewing, uh, wants to find out more, wh- where can they find more information? Is there a website, maybe a Twitter or Instagram, some sort of handle that you guys have? Yeah, you know, at Ecliptic Brewing on Instagram, Facebook. Um, we just actually our new we are, we just updated our website about two days ago, so it's brand new now. 
Oh, nice. And uh, before it was really, you could tell it was really focused on uh, a brew pub. You know, it's, it's kind of how we started. Where now we have, you know, we're a production brewery and a brew pub. So um, this one now has more information about the brewery side of things on top of just the um, the restaurant side of things. So it's more, more updated, similar but not too dissimilar. You know, but uh, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but it's it's up now. So yeah, yeah I was browsing it. Yeah, I just went on there today. So yeah. I like how the the back moves when you move your yeah, mouse. The yeah. stars move in the background. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's 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 pretty cool. Yeah, it was tripping me out a little bit. I was like, well, I mean, it was late in the day, so I was kind of like, all right, maybe I need to go home. But we're just messing with people daily. <laughs> <laughs> and have a couple that's beers great. and then go on there and then see what yeah. it likes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's awesome. And well, then and then for our listeners too, uh, can find us at Eclipse on Tap on Instagram and Twitter and Eclipse on Tap space online. It was a pleasure to speak with you. Thanks again. Thanks for looking at me. And happy brewing and happy stargazing. And look up. <laughs> Absolutely. Get, Get out, out there and look up. look up. Cheers. Cheers, guys.